And this afternoon we'll turn to Psalm 103 for a scripture reading. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, a psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant. And to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in the heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord ye his angels. Who excel in strength. Who do his word. Heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord all you his hosts. You ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord all his works. In all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord. O my soul. Dear congregation, this morning we heard of the the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there we heard Paul say, and such were some of you, even though your sins had been so great, but you have been washed, but you have been sanctified, but you've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. So there Paul contrasted the depths of, and the vileness of our sins with the, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver us from them. He contrasts what we were with what God has made us through Jesus Christ. But here in this psalm, Psalm 103, David shows us a different contrast. Here David gives us a picture of the benefits that God gives us in contrast to what we deserve. Paul had given us a long list of of, of sins and he made very clear there that no unrighteous person will inherit the kingdom of God. 
And that is what our sins deserve. Everlasting condemnation, everlasting separation from God. Never to enter into His holy presence in a sinless heaven. Never to enter there because we are defiled with sin. But here David sings, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. And if you look at verse 10, he says He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Why? Why has God not punished us eternally? Why has He not given us what, what we have deserved? Well, the answer here is His covenant mercies. Instead of crushing us in His anger and in His condemnation, God comes to bring comfort to you in affliction. God comes to load you with His benefits. And it's all because of His covenant mercies, which David pictures for us here. And our focus will be mainly on the verses 10 through 14. And our theme then for this afternoon is God's comfort through covenant mercies. God's com- co- uh, comfort through covenant mercies. And first we'll see He, he shows us by revealing the limitless extent of His mercies. Why has God not punished us according to what we deserve? David says here in verse 11, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. God says to you, you have not received what your sins really deserve. And the reason is only because of my limitless extent the limitless extent of my covenant mercies. Because as high as the heavens are above this earth, so great is God's mercy toward those who fear Him. Think then of the heavens, how how, how far they extend into space. We we considered not too long ago that the Hubble telescope can, can see 10 billion light years into the dark expanse of space. And now there may be days when your sins, they seem like mountains. They seem like weights that will sink you to the bottom of, of the depths of hell. They seem so immovable. And, and your memory will not let go of some of the sins you have committed in your life. No amount of water can wash you clean from what you have done. No amount of effort can correct your ways. But even, even if your sins rise up higher than the highest mountain in this world... What does that compare to to the height of the stars twinkling, twinkling in the night sky above your head? So great. Such a magnitude is God's covenant mercy to those who trust in Christ Jesus. Then why don't you look at the stars then at night like God directed Abraham to look at the stars and and see the height of, of God's mercies. Look then to Christ as, as He was lifted up on the cross, just like Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness and said that all those snake-bitten Israelites, just with one look at that snake, would be healed. One look then to Christ in faith. It delivers you from your sin, heals you from your sin, and that limitless extent of His mercy is poured out onto you. All His benefits are yours in Christ. 
And what benefits are those that God gives in Christ Jesus? Well, David sings in verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all thy diseases, or who forgives all thy iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he explains that further in verse 12 here, where he says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Our sins that can seem like those immovable mountains, God, He takes them away from us. He moves them to the furthest possible place, a distance from us. He says as far as the east is from the west, as, as, as far as from where the sun rises to the sun sets, the, the, the furthest extremities that we know in this world, the furthest point and the two opposing points that never in your life will ever come together. That's how far God removes your sins from you, out of sight. That's how permanently God removes your sins from you, never able to come back together again. And so Isaiah 38 says God casts our sins behind our back, behind His back, never to look at them again. He casts them into the depths of the sea, Micah says, never to be found again. Do you believe that? John said that when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That is God's covenant mercies. God has punished all the sins of His people in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There, that justice has been perfectly satisfied and not a penny's worth has been left unpaid. And justice can never demand payment twice. Once paid means forever paid. Once removed means forever removed. And then it does not matter as if our sins even reach even the stars. Christ has paid even if it reaches to the furthest extent of these galaxies. Your sins have caused the blood, may have caused the blood of the, of the dead to cry out to the heaven like the blood of Abel did when he was murdered. Or your sins might have risen up to heaven like Sodom and Gomorrah because their sins are great It cried out to God. Your sins might have defiled you and caused you to be an abomination in the sight of God Himself. Your sins might have persecuted Christ Himself as Paul says He did. But when you cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ like that thief and the murderer on the, on the cross is saying, remember me. Or, or when like the publican in the back of the temple, he, he, he could not even so much as lift up his head, but he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Uh, Jesus said he went home justified. For the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, he removes all your sins from you and casts them to the furthest place possible. Hebrews says he's able to save to the uttermost all those who come to God through him. And Romans says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that a comforting assurance that God gives you through His limitless extent of His covenant mercies? Because verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. What an extent of mercy. What an expanse of mercy. And yet, 
Sometimes it can seem like at such a distance from us. But then it seems that God tries to come even closer in the second place as we see where He reveals the tender nature of His mercies. God reveals the tender nature of His mercy. In, in verse 13, He says that as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear Him. For He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. The Lord is so tender, so full of compassion for His covenant children. He knows. He he understands who we are. He remembers that we are dust, just dust. He's the one who shaped us out of the dust of this earth. He's the one who gave us that breath of life when He breathed into the nostrils of Adam. And He knows that it's because of our sins that that we have to return to dust. But in His fatherly compassion, He has come down from those immeasurable heights and extent of the glories of heaven down into this blood-stained dust of this earth. Instead of dealing with us according to our sins and punishing us according to our iniquities, He caused His own Son to bear that punishment. A punishment that we could never bear. A wrath that we could never endure. But Christ's blood flowed down to touch this earth. That one sacrifice for sin that carried all our transgressions away forever. But we are but dust. Our lives only like the flowers of the field flourishing for a moment and in passing away. And we're made to feel that weakness and that frailty as we begin in various ways to fade and to die. And we can be filled with these questions. Why is this happening? What is the purpose of all this sorrow and all these afflictions and grief? Why do I have to face so many trials and afflictions and setbacks? It seems one after the other can seem like we can hardly bear another blow. But then Christ comes and He says, I'm aware of it all. I understand. I know your frame. I know how you were made because I made you. I know what it is to weep and to grieve. I know what it is to bear reproach and shame. I know what it is to bear the burdens of this life the weakness of the body, the loss of loved ones, the rejection, the misunderstanding. Christ knows because He Himself was made like you and me, except without sin. Christ Himself was tempted in every way like you and me, yet without sin. But He had to come and bear that heaviest cross. He had to carry the heaviest burden. His blood soaked the same ground as His children's blood. He was buried in the same earth in which we are to be buried. He knows. He understands. He walked this path before you. And now He walks this path with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, He says. It's like a tender father that will never make a son carry any more than he's able to carry for his age. 
God in His tender compassion will not make you bear one ounce more than you can bear. But it's when you begin to feel your limits that that is where you begin to see God's grace. As He said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And the less you can bear yourself, the more you will cast yourself on the Lord and the more He will supply you with His strength to bear it for you. And as long as we think we can still hold ourselves up and bear ourselves, bear it alone, we do not look for that help from Him. As long as we think we can get rid of our sins ourselves, we do not look up. But when we come to the end of ourselves with no more strength and no more hope, no more courage, then we have nowhere else to go but to Him. And then all we can do is pray and empty out our hearts before our God. And just like Hezekiah in Isaiah 38, he said he mourned like a dove. And he said, O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. Nothing else, no one else to uphold you anymore. And that's where God meets you with His compassion. Remember His grace then. Look for His fatherly compassion then. Because that's where you'll find not only His comfort, but that's where where you'll find Him. And that's where He meets you to undergird you with His everlasting arms. And that's where He supplies you with His grace. And that's where He lavishes lavishes you with with His blessings. That's where he, He bestows on you and shows you His tender compassion. Do you look for Him there? Can you look up from your trials and from your, from your burdens of guilt and can you see Him coming towards you? Because it is Him that He wants you to know. It's Him Himself that He wants you to know through His strength and through His mercies and through His comforts and through His Son. And this is where you find comfort in your affliction. This allows you to weep with hope. This allows you to grieve with comfort because He knows your pain. But He has not dealt with us as we deserve. But He has given eternal life. The wages of sin are death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And there in Christ Jesus that sting of death is removed. Yes, the pain is felt. Yes, the loss is real. Death remains the last enemy. But the sting is gone. In great compassion, God will purge our sins away, we sang. And that's the comfort God gives to His children at the Lord's Supper also this morning. Reminding you that He remembers you. Reminding you that He has carried all your sins away for the sake of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Reminding you that He cares for you as a father cares for his children. It's a tender mercy. It's a, it's a limitless mercy. Verse 17 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, and His righteousness to children's children, and to such as keep His covenant, and to those who remember His commandments to do them. Can you then sing with David tonight 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Because if you do not know this this evening, and then He is still there, the Christ is still lifted up for you to look because that's the only place where you can find it. It's, it. it's only there for those who seek Him, for those who fear Him. But it is there for whoever will call upon the name of the Lord. But this is where you find Him, dear believer. This is where you see Him. This is where you love Him. This is where you know Him. This is where you learn to lean on Him when darkness overshadows the valley. This is where His grace is poured into your hearts to strengthen you. He cares for you, knowing, understanding that we are just dust, frail as a flower. With that tenderness, He causes you to bloom in this world to glorify His name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Amen.